When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Before we jump in, I want to tell you about New York Times Audio, a new iOS app for New York Times news subscribers. It's got our show plus other great podcasts from The Athletic, exclusive shows, narrated articles, and more. New York Times Audio. Download it now at nytimes.com slash audio app. That's nytimes.com slash audio app. It is a, a happy day in college football. Well, one, because Manny Navarro is here with us. Ari and I still in Chicago uh, had some meetings for the athletic. So we're all together and it's a big day because we know now that the college football video game is coming back in 2024. I think we need to, we need to discuss this. What was everybody's team back in the day? Who'd you dynasty mode with? Who was your favorite playbook? I I would go Big Ten because I like playing games in the snow. So I always pick the worst Big Ten team, usually Indiana or <laughs> Illinois. So I, that was kind of my challenge. I love that you're down you're down in South Florida. Like I want to play in the snow, so we're going to we're going to Bloomington, and it's going to snow. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's this is a generational thing, guys. I don't know, like, but like I feel like everybody in my generation, not that I'm that much younger than you, but like. West Virginia was the squad. Oh, the, 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 yeah. Pat White and Steve Slayton on the same team. And like, I think I'm the only person uh, that does that did this, but like, I'm a, I was a huge NCAA fan. Like, I used to like blow parties off and stuff to play and like the dorm and all that stuff. And I never really did dynasty mode, which because then people wow. think that I'm not. I, no, I like playing games too. I didn't, I didn't have the patience I, for dynasty mode. I only played online with the headset. Oh, so that didn't exist in my in my day. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were all on dial up. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did, I played online, and like my obsession was always to try to have the longest possible winning streak. And the most heartbreaking thing ever is like back in the day, if your internet went out or something bad happened in the game, or Pittsburgh beat you, you get a you would get an L. And it's like there were times where I was up like sixty six to nothing, and then my internet would would have a 30 second pause in there and then I would get the loss. And like, I remember that was crushing because I was like obsessed with my record and my, one of my greatest life achievements um, in 2010, I graduated from U of A and I moved to Columbus and I did, a, I was in a long distance relationship with um, my Steve college, Slayton, with my college <laughs> girlfriend, but I moved to Ohio and I, I had nobody there. I had no friends or anything. Um, and then she broke up with me. And like my only outlet in life at that time was playing NCAA online. Uh, And I put together like a 74 game or 75 game winning streak. But the caveat to that is that I would go into the lobby and only play people with crappy records because I was only, (laughs) I was so into that streak. I wanted to see how high I could get my ranking. Uh, and so I you're think, you're basically like 
Kentucky's AD scheduling for bowl eligibility. That's right. Uh, <laughs> except there was nobody that I had to play. So it was like Michigan's non-conference last year for the entire season. And I like, I would just mash people. It would be like 28 nothing two minutes into the game because there was, it was impossible to stop Slayton. It was impossible to stop Pat white. And that was like when they first introduced the option and everything. And I was like, really? oh, no, the option, the option existed before that because the option was introduced when I was in college because Anthony Wright was not an option quarterback at South Carolina, but I ran the triple with well, him. They, they, was it the was it the option that they introduced, or was it the zone read? There was something that they, 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 they introduced the zone, the zone read. read. Yeah. yeah, where you could hold the button down and right. whether or not you mm-hmm. hand it or yes, that, oh that's the God. zone read. I, and I heard people through the microphone throw their controllers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I ran the same play. Well, and and you're gonna get R, you're gonna get RPOs now because they have RPOs in Madden, so yeah. they've already got the technology for it. Yeah. I, so when in the early 2000s, there was a, the, the guy who was responsible for designing the playbooks for EA Sports, a guy named Larry Rehart. Larry Rehart was a walk-on quarterback at Florida, one of the all-time great Bishop Moore Hornets high school uh, QBs, but that's the job he landed after college. That's a great job. Can you man. even imagine you being imagine? the person yeah. who designs the playbooks for NCAA football? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a dream job. they don't really change all that much, do they? I feel like the, the, well, Madden, they do now. the Madden playbooks have been the same collection of go-to plays for 10 years. But they were pretty diverse. I mean, I, you go yeah. back to those college playbooks, it felt like they were thicker than than the NFL playbooks. I think so too. And and because they did try to have the personality. And I, ta- I remember talking to Larry about it. I think I did a story for the Tampa Tribune when, when he was working there. And, and he said that the goal was to make them as diverse as college football actually is. Well, I don't know if either of you had the opportunity to do this, but um, EA Sports contacted me during the development of this of this game. And I'm not allowed to give any of the details because I had to like sign an NDA, but like they took me through the recruiting inter- interface and were like using my coverage and like resources of awesome. Of, if they yeah. steal stars matter, we got to sue. No, no. But like they were asking like, how, well, how often do you see this happen or how should mm-hmm. we do this or that? And like, I will tell you, cause I've seen kind of some of the back of the interfaces of like what they're working on and stuff. It is going to be awesome. Like they are, oh. and they're not doing, they're doing it uh, in a way where, like you're not just going to get a Madden engine with the college uniforms. Like they are really trying. And I think the reason why they delayed it a year was that they wanted to make sure that when that game finally made its return, that it wasn't just some crappy knockoff of Madden and that it was its own thing. And like the dynasty mode and like recruiting and rankings and territories and all the things that like we talk about on the show is going to be represented to some extent in the video game. Well, I think they have to do that because they, they want to, capture the personality of college football so personally i can't wait to run a collective yes. and and decide who i want to tamper with in the transfer portal i cannot <laughs> wait yeah and i don't know if that if that's going to be represented yet but i do feel like as the years go on it's going to be a priority for ea sports to make sure that whatever's going on in the recruiting dynasty interface um to actually mirror like what we're talking about because people want a college football or the the creators of the game want a college football fanatic like the people who listen to the show and the people who have dedicated their lives professionally to to covering it to feel connected to the actual sport because there were a few years and i don't don't know if you guys remember this but the year when larry fitzgerald was on the cover Mm -hmm. that was one of the worst games i've ever played and like there were a few years where ea sports got like a little uh what's that complacent with because it's like madden really doesn't change all that much from year to year no they just Um, change the players like this year i i read i think somewhere that they're going to do their best to 
you know, actually have an overhaul of the game and better play, gameplay and stuff. And, you know, I hope so because, like, basically what EA Sports had been doing was charging people 75 bucks a year for a new game that had updated rosters that they could have updated online in 30 seconds. Um, but now the players' names are going to be in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, they, the group licensing for the players was one of the, the hurdles. They got that figured out. They got a deal done, and that's why you had the announcement today. And now they, it would be interesting, Manny, and I, I wonder if you think this is even possible. I don't know if it is. But, like, if they start offering money to the top 50 players in the country in high school oh, yeah. to have their names represented in the recruiting rankings. Because I remember the, the past time, you guys went to GameStop at midnight and did the whole thing. Did you ever do that, or was that my era? That was your era. That was your era. Yeah, so we would go at GameStop at midnight, and you would wait in line to get your copy and to pre-order it. And then you would come home, and by, like, 3 a.m., somebody had already updated the all roster. the rosters so that they were all perfect. So you had all the names. In it, yeah. I don't know how they did it that fast. They had to have gotten a head start. Um, and that was like, honestly, my Christmas. <laughs> well, you didn't have another way of having Christmas. Yeah, well, actually, Christmas, believe it or not, is a great day for Jews. Uh, it's uh, You got the Chinese going. I was going to say Chinese food. You still The thing that's so funny is like, well, that people go like, you don't celebrate Christmas because you're Jewish. And it's like, that's true. But I also, nothing is open. Right. I'm not working. I'm in the house with my family, and we're eating food. Like, how is that any different? So you're having the same experience as everybody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. I might not have a tree or, you know, presents. Uh, but, like, it's kind of like I'm just at home with my family on Christmas. So this NDA, so you can't give us any insight Mm-mm. into. I don't even know if I was supposed to say what I said, to be honest. But I, I don't want to get sued. We'll, we'll censor it. We're not censoring it. <laughs> it's, like, really, really, really cool. Okay. All right. I, I think the mic picked that up. So just <laughs> no, it, it, I, I don't want you getting sued. There aren't the, the there. I can't. Do we get reporters in the game? Because the specific. NBA game started to put reporters in the game. Yeah, they should put like Manny Navarro uh, in no, there. I want Ari's South, takes. South Florida. <laughs> I mean, it would be funny like if you were like running uh, Nebraska as your dynasty, and you got uh, <laughs> you got um, Dylan Rayola, and then that my. Freaking face pops up on the screen. This is the most significant recruitment of the cycle. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, That's what I want. Dylan Riola, by the way, we were Riola, saying, yeah. I got corrected the other day. Hardcore Dylan Riola I've been saying Rayola since the yeah. beginning of time. So I'm not going to change now. <laughs> Unless dad, the NFL center comes up to you and is like, you're pronouncing my name wrong. Ari me in the locker. Yeah. I'm, we'll, we'll cross that bridge, but uh, yeah, no, it's going to be a really like the thing that is so interesting is of all the video games and like, I've never been a call of duty person. Like I've only ever played sports games, but the emotional connection that I had to NCAA football mirrored my passion for the actual sport. And I felt like I knew a lot about the rosters. Cause like when you played the games a lot, you would know who the star player is on the other team. And like you would, you would just immerse yourself in that game on days where there weren't actual games. And it was like kind of like a relationship between your fanhood as a person who loves watching it and like experiencing your slice of it. Like, I think that's why people are so connected to it. Like, are there other video games like in sports where people, and maybe it's because this one's been gone for a while, but like every update possible that comes out about this game is like an important day of discussion about it. I've not seen and obviously Madden is huge because the NFL is huge. Yeah. NBA 2K is big because the NBA is big, but it's not the same thing. But I didn't no, buy- nobody has that emotional connection. Did you, like there, when NCAA was at its peak, I didn't even buy Madden. 
Like I didn't play Madden. Well, that's right. We we get Madden at my house because my son and his friends play Madden. But I guarantee you, they're only going to play NCAA when it comes out. Yeah, it's just more fun, and the gameplay is more fun. I bought a PS5 for Christmas simply for this game. Like my kids don't even play the PS5. I'm simply waiting for this. I've had a PS5 since like. I was one of the people who got it immediately. You were at GameStop at 3 in the morning? Uh, no, actually. No, <laughs> you couldn't even do it that way. It was funny. It was a college football Saturday. And my GameStop said, or like GameStop account said, shock drop 15 PS5s in every store starting in 15 minutes. And I lived like four minutes away from one. So I left my house and like <laughs> sprinted. And I almost killed an old lady like through the crosswalk because I was speeding. And I got there and I was the last person in line. And then I, I was able to buy one in person. But it's been unplugged for a year and a half. I haven't plugged it in. Um, well, it's coming back now. But like I told my wife, I said, when this game gets released, it's like, see, ya. there was nothing that you could make my wife matter. Then, like, if we were to get into an argument and then she heard, like, the Madden commentary in the other room, like, I think she would leave me because, like, she's already we watched the movie The Breakup, you know, in that scene uh-huh. where he's playing Madden. It's like, oh, my digital. I just got to give all the credit to the digital guys with the big hearts. It's like Brit was like grinding her teeth watching that. <laughs> so I assume the announcers will be Fowler and Herbstreit, right? Uh, I don't know if the, if that's uh, been announced. Yeah, yeah. it's a good question. It's. Or, or, you know, maybe it's Gus and Joel. Who right. knows? Right. And do we have CBS? Do they have the rights to the big... Is it just going to be ESPN like we had in the past? Yeah, game it's, a, it's a great question. We don't know. Because I, I don't... Well, would the Big Ten even allow that? The Big right. Ten wouldn't allow a, a, you know, a fake ESPN broadcast of, of one of their conference games. Correct. Next year. That's not going to happen. Right. So, wow. Ooh, so many questions. Andy's already starting to write his column, right? I am so, I'm excited. There's just a lot to go through. And and we're going to get these drips and drabs of information, but we know it's coming. So everybody celebrate. This is a huge day in college football. Uh, Basically, since the O'Bannon lawsuit got filed, this thing's been gone. It's back. We're all going to pre-order it. And I can't wait. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Got Manny here. It's it's a double Florida man episode. We got to talk about the state of football in the Sunshine State. I can't say that five times fast. State of football in the Sunshine State. I wrote a story about Florida this week. You helped me out with that, talking to some some recruits for that story. You cover Miami. Uh, I had Mike Norvell on the podcast last week, so we, we, we've hit the big three. UCF's about to go into the big 12. Yep. Uh, Casey Thompson's at FAU. It's a, just mm-hmm. it's a wild new world in the state of Florida. But frustration is a good place to start Yes, because that was the theme of that Florida story, that they're looking – I mean, Vegas says five and a half – over under win total. They're staring down the barrel of a frustrating season. Miami, if things don't get a lot better, is staring down the barrel of another frustrating season. Meanwhile, those two fan bases are looking up at Tallahassee and the people in Tallahassee are like, hey, hey, you <laughs> yeah. guys thought we were on the bottom. Now we're on the top. <laughs> yeah, it's really changed. Uh, and, and credit to Mike Norvell after those first two seasons. I mean, it, it was pretty bad. Uh, I was at the... Uh, the Miami victory, I think it was like 45 to 7 or whatever it was. Oh, like 45 to 3, right? 40, well, FSU ended up beating Miami 45 yeah. to 3. It was 52 to 7, I think, that Miami ended up beating Florida right. State. Yes. yes. Just a couple seasons prior during the COVID year. And you thought, man, Florida, like when, yeah. I, I just don't see when they get this thing going the right way after Taggart and everything that went on there. And now they're, what, preseason top five, some people have them? Yeah. And, and if they beat LSU, they're going to be top three, probably, going into week two. And it's interesting. We were talking about this before the show, because 
Florida's had a ton of churn with coaches mm-hmm. and, and you kind of wonder at what point do they give somebody some time? This is that point because they can't afford to fire Billy Napier. Like his buyout after this season would be 31.8 million or 31 point. They're, they're not paying that. Right. And Mario Cristobal, same thing. Miami is all in money wise. They cannot do anything with him. And so the Norvell situation where after they fired Willie Taggart, they didn't have enough money to do anything different. Right. They had to give him time. And sure enough, they did the impossible. They fixed an offensive line that didn't look like it could be fixed. Yeah. You know, they they were judicious out of the transfer portal. They developed a quarterback who was a transfer, but they they inherited him. Right. I mean, it that's I think as much as Florida and Miami fans don't want to hear this, that's the model you need to follow. Yeah. At this point you really do. And and you know, Norvell it, it, looking into the transfer portal and finding some of the guys that they fought, it was easy to land Jermaine Johnson, right? He's a stud right. at Georgia. But then to go find Jared Verse out of Albany, yeah. right? And now he's the anchor of your defense to turn Jordan Travis into a quarterback who's actually a winner now. He was pretty bad or mediocre. We thought, okay, the guy can run, yeah. but is is he ever gonna develop into a legitimate starting Yeah. Yeah. Turns out he is. And and they've I mean it's just a phenomenal job that he's done and and I think you mentioned the guy already Alex Atkins oh yeah offensive line coach. future head coach yes he'll have he'll have a, uh, his choice of jobs and I think he could have gotten some FBS head coaching looks and and probably there's some jobs he could have gotten this off season he's looking for the right thing. I think the key to Norvell, when you look at it, besides the transfer portal, it was patience. It was like, hey, we're developing guys. There wasn't panic. Um, you know, they were sub 500 two years in a row and there wasn't panic. Miami and Florida could be in the same boat. They could still be yeah. 500 or less teams this season as they're trying to turn this thing around. So, yeah, it's it, it and it's crazy. You and I grew up in the state when all three of them were good at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard for people of our age to watch these three programs at different points falter and not be able to get back up. Like, cause we saw it at a time when it felt like they couldn't fail. Yes. It was never going to fall apart. Andy. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was when, when both programs or all three programs rather were, were in the top 10. I mean, I don't know what the streak was, yeah. but, but it, there was at least a 10 year window there where it felt like all three of them had a chance to win the national championship. I mean, Florida was the place to be. That was the States where all the NFL guys were coming out yep. of uh, all the first round picks. And they still are. They're just very much more diverse they're in just, where they're going to college. They're just dressed in maroon and yeah. red and scarlet leather. and gray, <laughs> red <laughs> right. and black. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that's where the key is going to be. It's, it's what Ari and I talk about on Stars Matter all the time. There's no excuse for the Floridas, Miamis, and Florida States to not be in the top 10 every year if they're doing their job right. Yeah. Now, the question is, how do you become cool again? Because that was one of the things that we discussed when you, you talked to some recruits about Florida. And I know you talked to them about Miami and Florida State, too. Like, Florida's not cool right now. Mm-hmm. Miami's not cool right now. How do you get cool well, NIL helps, right? I mean, that's certainly, I think the fact that they've got their act together now, it feels mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, for, for Miami, it was John Ruiz. He was the one guy who was raising right. money for Florida. We, we know what they went through. Yes. Um, now you've kind of got more of a unified approach for both of those collectives, which helps them get into the game through the transfer portal and in recruiting. They really weren't involved in that. But now it's, it, it translates to the field. What can Mario and, and Billy Napier do on the field to make their brand of football mm-hmm. exciting? And yeah. that's a challenge. I saw, a, I saw a recruit. I don't remember who it was. A five-star kid in, in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a uh, quote box on On3 or one of the, the recruiting services Twitters this week that said the quote from the five-star, and I can't recall who the five-star was. I'm sorry. But 
said that the biggest threat to Florida is Miami. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay. I'm sure that's that's true. Um, but the Oh, it's to Georgia. To, it was, I think it was – you're talking about Jalen Hayward. I think he was a defensive back going to Georgia. What did yeah. I say? I said that – You the biggest or, threat. You said the biggest threat to Florida is Miami. No, no, Georgia. the biggest threat to Georgia. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Thank you for catching yeah. that. Um, yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay. But the key to cool is getting that person mm-hmm. and all of his friends to not only say that in interviews to be nice – but to actually buy that and bet on it by going to the to, to Miami, which, and like that's the which is how thing. Kirby got Georgia where it is right yeah. now. Yeah, and like Georgia is a a, a juggernaut um, in terms of just like investment, and you know I think Miami's starting to now just catch up to that like financial investment piece to the whole thing. But it's like there is really no excuse for Miami to not have a top ten, top five talented roster in college football. The question is. What happened in South Florida where you live, where the kids who live there don't think it's cool to go there anymore? And like, is it like, because like my whole theory was the reason why your guys' state uh, isn't all firing on all cylinders the way that it was when you were growing up is because Alabama has systematically ruined it. Oh, I I, they yeah, they certainly, it. they certainly started it with the, the, the one receiver a year, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think like three classes ago or four classes ago. You can go look this up, Mr. Numbers Guy. Well, I was going to look up they the, take uh, like the name eight, of the group. They took, yeah, <laughs> Everett, I think, is his first name. No, he's the number two quarter or the number one cornerback in the country who's committed. I, for whatever reason, I'm forgetting his name yeah, right now. Um, they took, I think, six of the top eight players out of the state of Florida in one cycle. And now, it, IMG Academy screws that up a little bit. No, but it was not yeah. IMG okay. players. I looked at that. That's, yeah. I, I took that into account. And I'm, I'm like thinking to myself, like, I mean, can one program legitimately kick the legs out from underneath three other places? Because if you do that in a four-year period, you're taking two or three starters out of all three of those programs' lineups. Yeah. A- Alabama started it. I think Clemson and Georgia yeah, and Ohio yeah. State have continued yeah, cause it. Yeah, because Clemson with the Scott family, right. when Brad was working there, and then Jeff was obviously the receivers coach for a while, became the USF head coach, and now is back with Clemson, I think, as a consultant. But mm-hmm. uh, they were great in Southwest Florida. You know, Sammy Watkins, that 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 group, um, they, they were good in Tampa. And then Alabama was great in Dayton Broward, and Georgia has just been able to kind of pick and choose what they want yeah you know what what, what i think too is a fascinating discussion is it doesn't really you know we're getting old but florida signed the greatest recruiting class ever in 2010 right was it 2010 it was the highest rank ronald powell is still the highest rank recruit florida's ever signed and he's one of the highest rank recruits ever that was the Ronald Powell, Dominic Easley, Sharif Floyd class. It was Urban's last class. So my, my question really is, and, and I'm curious if there's um, an exception that comes to the top of your guys' heads, but the reason why that happened was because Urban Meyer was a dog and the persona of your head coach is what makes you cool or not. My question is, like, if Mario Cristobal, isn't he supposed to have that same impact, right? And it seems like they had a really good class last year, but right. it wasn't elite. So does a coach automatic like Lincoln Riley to a certain extent too is supposed to have that as an instant impact? Your presence as the coach is supposed to be the reason why your team signs a top five class with a bunch of top one hundred players in it. Do these coaches need time to build into that, or should their personas have already amounted into that? Because like I'm trying to think like 
I think there's a hard there's a harder hill to climb now because we talked about this the other day the clustering of recruits. They cluster more than ever now. They didn't cluster as much when Urban got to Florida or Nick Saban got to Alabama. And Nick Saban, like Nick Saban, his first full cycle. So he gets there 07, 08's his first full cycle right. class, happened to be a bumper crop in the state of Alabama. And he cleaned it up. And so some of it is timing as well. But, but it goes back to that same discussion we were having on the podcast when um well, how do you say his name? Rayola? What's the right way? Rayola? Dylan Rayola. Yeah, I'm, I'm never going to pronounce it correctly ever again now. Um, but, By the way, all right, I'm going to interrupt you for one yeah, second. It's Ellis Robinson is the one who was what quoted say, saying. Everett? Yeah, Ellis yeah, Robinson. Ellis yes. Robinson, yeah. Um, and I was discussing like what it takes to become cool and, and what it'll be for like a Nebraska-type player or program to get a player like that. And it's like, what coach could go to a, a place like Miami and in year one just light the world on fire? Like if Nick Saban in a mythical world. Went yes, to Miami, Nick Saban could do that. Kirby Smart could do that. Okay, mm-hmm. so th- is that the only two? I don't know yeah. that Urban Meyer could do that anymore. Yeah, I don't know if he could either. Um, but like, even De- current Deion's coaches. the only other one. But I'm, I'm just trying to like think to myself, like, well, you're talking about that club. Lincoln Riley, maybe, but, but he didn't even do it. He, he didn't do USC. You're right. Like, you're right. I, if you can't do it at USC, and maybe they will this year, I don't know. Well, no, but yeah, like, USC and Miami, same type of job in terms of access and glamour and all that. So I almost feel like USC and Texas are like Spider-Man emoji, right? Like, very much so. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you would put Miami in the no, because Miami doesn't have the resources but, that those two have. Yeah, but now maybe they do now. Yeah, and well, the thing about Miami, and maybe Manny, you can help me out with this, is I saw that the Life Wallet company, yes, like the stock is like plummeted ninety five percent. That's a whole podcast. Yeah, that's a, that's know, a whole. I know, I know, but it's like you know, you think about well, what's what's cool, you know, it's you know, NIL is cool. It's like well, so is stocks that don't go down ninety five percent in a year. So you know, it's it, uh, now Ruiz is not the only NIL presence yeah, at Miami right, anymore. Yeah. It's 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 there's a little more diversified. And then Florida, as much as we wrote about the Jay and Rashada situation, they have. Now modernize the NIL, which is weird to say modernize something is two years old, but they have struct- they've yeah. structured it properly now. It's it's run like a fundraising arm now. Well, Andy, and I would say we can't forget either the Florida law just changed yes. right in February, where I think all these other states had sort of a head start on Florida because the law basically banned the colleges from being able to interact with right, and now they can. And, now they can, and and yeah, and part of the Jaden Rashada mess was not being able to have any sort of oversight from the school because. If there had been, no one would have allowed that contract to be written. Mm-hmm. No question. Yeah. Um, one thing I was going to bring up, and, and both you and I are both have have hung out with the South Florida Express. We talk about the demise of the state schools. Mm-hmm. I'm not blaming the South Florida Express per se, but I'm certainly saying <laughs> I'm certainly saying the fact that these kids got to travel all over well, the country. I, I, I laugh because Brett Getz, who founded the <laughs> yes. South Florida Express, he was known for a while as the Ohio State guy, which is weird because right. he went to Florida. Right. And he's a, a very, you know, he's a very big Gators fan mm-hmm. at, in his personal life. But his thing with the South Florida Express was he just wanted to give these guys a chance to see everything, to do everything, and and make their own decisions about where they wanted to go. And yeah, I look, very early on, I think it was their second year, so this was the team that had Teddy Bridgewater and Ryan mm-hmm. Chazier. I went with them on a trip where they went to Florida State, LSU, Alabama, and then played a seven-on-seven tournament in Tuscaloosa. And like, it was wild how much talent was was on that bus. 
but we, it was there was a long time in South Florida where none of those kids would right. go anywhere. They would have gone to one of the three schools, state schools. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think about you know at Florida when when I was in school, you know that that pipeline they had from from the muck, like you know they had Fred Taylor, Redell Anthony, mm-hmm. Johnny Rutledge, all guys from Glade, Glade Central, Central Pahokee, and and that just those guys look everywhere now. Mm-hmm. It's it's not as kind of provincial as it used to be where we're going to go to one of these three schools and the places that they're looking at are cooler and better right now. Yeah. Etienne <laughs> Sabino yeah. was the, the Ohio state connection. That was the first one that right. he, you know, he was with, with the South Florida teams and, and he goes to Ohio state and then the express would go up to Columbus and they'd visit right. and, and, but they also, I mean, they go everywhere now they go all over the country. Teddy Bridgewater was the first real big loss for Miami IT in recruiting. Mm-hmm. And that was 2008, 2009. Well, I'll give you an example. Yeah. So that, but, but no, that was 2000. He was a class of 2011. Okay. So it was 2010. I went on that bus trip. When we went on the bus trip, Teddy was committed to Miami. Mm-hmm. Shazier was committed to Florida. Yep. Now Shazier decommitted from Florida because Urban quit. Yeah. And then committed to Jim Tressel mm-hmm. and winds up playing for Urban at Ohio State. Right. But Teddy then decides not to go to to Miami. He goes to Louisville. His one of his best friends, Eli Rogers, his his high school teammate at Northwestern, also goes to Louisville. And you know Charlie Strong, who had great connections in the state because of his time at Florida, he's the one who got them. And yeah, they got out and and saw found success. And suddenly everybody else is looking. Okay, Teddy's a to. star. Like yeah. Shazier's a star. Yeah, I don't have to go to one of these three schools to be a star. Yeah, and that's really where it all began for me, uh, as far as the downfall for all the programs. I mean, I know Florida State and Florida ended up winning championships after that. But you're right; it was that message of I don't need to stay home. Whereas for three generations in the '80s, '90s, and early 2000s, you had to go to Miami, Florida, Florida State if you were going to make it to the NFL. And and it just between Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia and everybody else, it just became this thing where, hey, I can go be a star over there too. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Carter may have been the best player in college football this mm-hmm. past year. Jalen Carter's from Apopka, Florida. So it's a it's a suburb of Orlando, a lot of orange groves. Yep. Like, that's where Warren Sapp's from. Warren Sapp went to Miami. Yep. You know, and, and in another lifetime, Jalen Carter probably goes to Florida State or Florida, Miami. But his finalists, I believe, were Auburn and Georgia. Yep. Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, I think were his three finalists. So I mean, that, that's that's how it works now. Yeah, and everybody wants to play in the, on, on the biggest stage. And uh, look, I mean, we talk about conference realignment on here all the time. The SEC is the place. And and, every and it kid, doesn't have to be the SEC school in your state. Correct. Yeah. I mean, we talk about this, the, the story you did on Florida. Most of the recruits, when I talk to them, and I, I said, well, what do you like about the Gators? And they're like, well, they're in the SEC. Yeah. I'm like, there's nothing so else. Kentucky, like, so <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else yeah. you like about them. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's that just shows you where their mindset is. Well, we'll be right back after these words. Before we, we, we've driven all the Florida fans off the edge, or yeah. you did a story on DJ Lagway mm-hmm. recently. He is the great shining hope for Florida fans, the true believer. It sounds like he really wants to play for Billy Napier, even though he's posting Clemson photos on Mother's Day. I think it was just a nice picture of him <laughs> and his mom. But can a player like that you see how bring things around? Florida fans got when they in the comments of that? I, I texted it to you the second I saw it. I knew what was going to happen. They perused through yeah. the, the, the comments. It was like, everyone was like, well, are you still going to Florida? And it's like, the kid's just posting a picture of his mother. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but like, that's like, I don't even know what would happen if he did commit it. 
He sounds like he really wants to he go does, there. Every yeah. every public statement I've heard, he seems like he's trying to recruit people. Like, uh, who's the receiver uh, from South Jeremiah from Shamanamadana? Yeah, and yeah, probably Jeremiah going to Ohio Smith, State because yeah. honestly, if you're a top flight receiver and you have an Ohio State offer, why would you go anywhere else? Given the recent history, but. DJ Lagway ain't giving up. He's still trying well, to make right. him a gator. When the recorders are off, he also is still all about Florida. Yeah, so exactly. He's, I would be stunned if he went somewhere else. Um, now, there's a lot that could happen at Florida in the next you know, six months, right? You would know more about that than I would. Yeah, but I don't think Napier's in any danger. So okay. if that's mm-hmm. the, the person he likes, and it does seem that that's who he, he connects with, yeah. then I don't think that's going to be a problem. But if, but Florida might stink this year, right? They might be very mediocre. Their win total is what, five and a half or something? Five and a half, although, like, yeah, ESPN FPI is like seven Mm -hmm. wins. So, I mean, when the rosiest projection is seven wins, yeah, yeah, it's that you're you're girding for for bad times. It's a stink. Yeah, I. Look, I, I, I gotta live in that town, Ari. No, I'm just saying, like, in. No, 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 but I'll be honest. I'll be honest. That is, that is, like, you talk to people in Gainesville. There is zero buzz for this season. They're just mm-hmm. like, oh well, it's it's another, another season building here. Yeah. yeah, I think I think for both Miami and Florida, uh, there has to be some sex appeal to the season. Yeah, there needs to be something that inspires these recruits to want to stay and and right. stay committed and sign. Which could be like December. for Florida, a win against LSU, or for Miami, you know, beat Florida State or beat Clemson. Like that, right. that would that would give you the hope. You could pin it on. You say the arrows pointing up. Things are going to be all right. Yeah, they they need a win like that, or they just need to not be embarrassed. I yeah, mean, I think that that is almost as as damaging as as, as anything is yeah. is just getting beat by the Middle Tennessee States and mm-hmm. Vanderbilts of the world. Those things can kill your recruiting class. So basically, was, don't uh, play anyone in the six one five. I was driving <laughs> my car uh, into AT and T Stadium for the Arkansas A and M game last year, and I was getting play by play on um, my phone for the. Middle Tennessee State Miami game, and don't ask me why I was doing that, but I was. <laughs> and when I saw uh, there was a 99 yard touchdown, and it popped up on my thing, and I was like, "For the love of God, what is going on down there?" <laughs> I, I think the Texas A and M game, the Miami Texas A and M game, is whoever loses that game, the fan base is off a cliff there's, after that. There's no question. I, I think for Miami, uh, especially. Feeling like they could have won last year's game over there, uh, I think without question that's a huge sort of temperature check. Can can Mario keep the kids focused after? Yeah, know? and and same thing for A and M. Like if they mm-hmm. go and lose that game, it, then it's oh god, still got to play LSU, Alabama, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Like this this could get ugly. Yeah. So it is. It's gonna be that week two game. I cannot wait. Because I like I like loser leaves town matches, and that's really what that is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now we got you excited. We got you excited for a loser leaves town match week two. We got you excited for a video game that's coming next year. Manny Navarro, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.